Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode of the Adventure Jogger Podcast brought to you by Dan O'Brien, Jimmy Brooks, Andrea Heinz, Matt Hawkins, all of our Patreon supporters, and of course you, the listener. The Adventure Jogger, a podcast about trail and ultra running. Meet fascinating runners from the front, middle, and back of the pack, sharing inspiring and funny stories about life and running. Running should be fun, and so should running podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Pluckelman, and this is The Adventure Jogger. Safe to say that you, at 18 years old, may have had the best 2023 that nearly anybody had. I mean, I think maybe Courtney DeWalter may have had a better year in ultra running than you did, but this year was incredible. 18 years old, you're a college freshman. You wanted to run an, an ultra every month. You did far more than that. You ended up, I think, with 18 finishes. These weren't easy races, you know, uh, World's End, 100K, Bad Water, Eastern States, amongst many. Uh, you were the youngest person to ever finish Bad Water. Talk about a year, Kaylee. That was absolutely incredible. Thank you. It was absolutely everything I could have ever imagined. It was the best year. I couldn't have asked for it to go on any better. Well, we have to talk a bit about the why. Because at 18 years old, you have every excuse imaginable, Kaylee. Kaylee, you could have you could have just, I want to look at colleges. I want to hang out with my friends. I want to have a great, you know, first year of college and just worry about classes and not have to worry about running. No one would have said, Kaylee, you can't do that. You, you have to run ultras. You could have got away with that. And generally, this is a sport that people find much later in life after they've already, you know, put on the freshman 15 times five, and then they have to get back in shape. Why in the heck at 18 years old, Kaylee, did you get it into your head? to run an ultra at least one a month for an entire year. So, I mean, we can go kind of into the backstory if you want of how I got into ultra running because it all yeah. kind of comes together. Let's so, um, well, I, I, I started running when I was seven, but just 5Ks and 10Ks. And I realized then, I'm like, oh, I like running, you know, I kind of knew I had a natural talent for it, but the most I'd ever run was six miles. You know, there's no more than that. Who would do that? Yeah. And uh, when I was in seventh grade, I was 13. My elementary school music teacher was like, hey, you like to run. Do you want to run this half marathon with me? And I looked at her and I was like, what is wrong with you? Absolutely not. Like, I thought only the people in the Olympics and the elite runners could run a half marathon. But she was like, no, we'll run slow. We'll have fun. If we need to walk, we'll walk. You know, it'll just be fun. So I agreed. And then I was like, wow, that was really fun. So I found a marathon that I could run. And then my friend was like, hey, you know, a 50K is only five more miles. So I ran that. And then you know how it goes from there. You just kind of keep running. And before this year, I had run, I believe it was 11 ultras. And then this year I got it to over 30. I think I finished the year with 31. So I was like, 
as I started to run, I wanted to do one a month. And then in July, I realized I had done 10. So I was like, well, halfway through the year, I've done 10 ultras. I might as well just do 20. And so that's kind of how my year came to be. I just wanted to push myself and see what I could really do. And here we are. There's so much to unpack in that whole story, Kaylee. We, 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 we breezed past some big things that need to be unpacked a little bit. You're 13 years old right? You like to run, you do 5Ks and 10Ks, and you're the runner gal in school. Everybody knows Kaylee Frederick is the gal who likes to run. And a music teacher saying to you, hey, let's do a half marathon together. You weren't sure about that. And what'd your parents think when you went home from school and said, hey, by the way, my music teacher, who I love, uh, wants to me to do a half marathon with her. What was, what was their response at 13? doing a half marathon? Uh, my mom, she was always very supportive. Um, so she was probably a little surprised. She was like, oh, I know you like to run, but now you're trying to do more. But she was supportive. She was like, yeah, you just go run, have fun. I believe that year she actually ran the 5K at that race. So she was still there. She was supporting me and everything. And then her reactions as I got a little older and kept wanting to run more. Um, like there were races when I was like 14 and 15 that I really wanted to run. And she was like, nah, your body's not ready. You're not training properly. And I was super angry cause I was 14 years old and I knew absolutely everything. Um, <laughs> but now that I'm older, I understand why she was like, you just weren't ready at that time. But <laughs> So funny, Kaylee. As a father, I know that sometimes you get something in your head, you know everything, but usually that's wanting to dye your hair black. My daughter, for the longest time, Dad, I want to dye my hair black. I know what I'm doing. No, 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 no. The difference being, you wanted to run marathons and 50Ks. You knew better than your mom. And mom, and your mom has to say to you, no, I'm sorry, you're too young. Marathons and 50Ks can wait. But like so many kids in different situations, every kid at some point knows better than their parents and doesn't like the fact that they're told they're told no. But very rarely is it because they want to run marathons and 50Ks. Yeah, it was interesting. I'm sure... Most parents, when that, like when I was 14, I ran my first marathon, 50K and 50 miler. And when I was 16, I ran my first 100 miler. And I think my mother probably was like the only mother. Most parents would be like, What on earth are you thinking? But then, (laughs) right. Yeah. Every other parent has to have these discussions with their kids. Um, let's talk about driving and driving responsibly at 16, right? Cause you worry about your kids going out. Let's talk about drugs. Stay off drugs. Don't smoke. Be responsible when it comes to sex. And your mom is like, listen, we have to talk about safety when it comes to running a hundred miles. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. She doesn't have to worry about the other stuff cause she knows I won't risk it for running. She knows I take it too seriously. What is it, Kaylee, about running that makes you, at such a young age, want to do so much of it? Um, I feel like there's actually a lot that goes into this question. Um, one thing, I just love it. Like, it is genuinely, I just love to run, and I genuinely love the sport of ultramarathoning. The community is amazing. The support is amazing. Some of my best friends are ultra runners. I just genuinely love it and I have so much fun. And like other things about it is like one, I want to see how far I can go. I mean, I haven't found my limit yet. There's still so much that I want to do and how far can the human body go? I mean, Harvey Lewis just ran 450 miles and that wasn't even his limit, you know, like how far can we really go before we break, not just physically, but mentally, because mentally you'll always be able, well, most people will like mentally break first. So then they physically give up, but uh, most ultra runners, they'll mentally hang on. So like how far until you mentally and physically break. Um, and I'm just trying to inspire people, you know, if someone can see what I'm doing at such a young age, then 
Why can't they do it too? Or not even if you're young, any age, you know, if you're 80 years old and want to go run an ultra marathon, go do it. You know, what's stopping you? Right. There's a balance though, with one thing your mom was battling with you when you were, when you were younger, 13, 14 years old, wanting to do these things. And mom says, no, what is, cause you'd be the expert on this, Kaylee. You really would be, you'd be a case study. You'd be the expert. How do you responsibly move someone in their teens through bigger mileage? Because everything that you would think, right? And doctors that don't know the sport, and doctors are always running to ruin your knees, running to ruin your knees. Most doctors that are not runners are are going to strongly discourage um, younger people running long distances, even a half marathon or a full marathon. And some races won't even allow you. That's the thing. There are some races that you cannot run under the age of 18 just because Tell of- Tell me about it. Yes, you would know these things. <laughs> yeah. how, how do you responsibly get a teenager into higher mileage races? Yeah. So, well, about the studies and stuff, I've talked to different doctors and I've read different studies, but I think- there's not enough research done on the topic because there's not enough young ultra runners. There's just not enough people to study, but that's what I think. Um, but to build up a teenager's mileage, you have to do it safely. Obviously, if you have a kid that only runs five K's and then you're like, all right, we're going to do a 60 mile week. It's probably not going to work out well. It's just like someone who's in their, 40s or 50s if they've only ever run a 5k and then you go tell them to run 100 miles in a week their knees are gonna hurt they're gonna have like bad things happen to them so I think it's important and even on like it would be like a kid to kid basis because like I feel like I was an exception to the role of how you know you shouldn't run when you're young but there's other people out there I've met a couple other young ultra runners that it's just really important to do training because I didn't have a lot of time to train when I was younger and I paid for it like I just suffered in races it was a whole pain fest which like as I got older and like learned how to train properly I didn't have those issues and I had fun and I wasn't suffering and that's part of the reason why my mom was like, no, you can't do this because I didn't train right. And she didn't want me to get injured. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really important to not necessarily, you don't need to have a coach. I mean, a coach would help. I actually just got a coach for the first time in January this year. So yeah. I had to, done everything else without a coach, but really just stay in touch with your body. Like if you're tired and your knees are hurting or you have shin splints or something, take it easy. Don't push through pain. But I would tell anyone that, not just teenagers. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. just good advice for all of us uh, across the board. But as you're growing and as your muscles mm -hmm. are developing, when you're in that mid-teen that mid range up until you're mm -hmm. 20 and you're still developing, there is this thought, and you just talked about there's not enough studies on it because there's not enough teenage ultramarathon runners, that it'll wreck your body. But your obvious uh, evidence right there that it does not. Yeah, I think also really important is cross-training, again, with anyone. But as long as you cross-train, I feel like, and you are still building up those supporting muscles, that also definitely helps. Um, but Yeah. <laughs> it, it is interesting just to see the, the sport from young eyes because so many of us in the sport find our way there because of years of neglect. <laughs> you know, like, at some point you wake up in your thirties and you're like, wait a minute, I'm that big. And I haven't <laughs> exercised in a decade. And you, you read books and you find your way into the ultra marathon space. And I know for a lot of us too, we see how easy life is right now. Right. And I, and I don't, it's not a blanket statement for everybody, but when you look at what our what our fathers, our, our mothers and fathers and our grandparents had to deal with on a day-to-day -day basis, right? Like the work that my grandfather did, he was a dairy farmer. Far harder work than I will ever do in my life, right? My dad was a floor installer for 40 years, right? Far harder work than I'll ever do in my life. I sit at a desk all day. There is a desire looking back at how tough the generations before us had it, there's almost a little bit of a desire to 
see like, I need to have some discomfort in my life. I need to have some difficulty in my life. I come from a long line of people that have had much more difficult lives than I have. How far can I push this thing? Can I, can I get comfortable with discomfort and can in a small way, in a race or whatever, almost prove to myself that I have this, this toughness that the generations before me had? You really, uh, you didn't have that whole situation of neglecting your, your, your fitness and finding it later and seeing how hard you can push yourself. You have a really interesting perspective on the sports, almost a little pure, because you're not coming into the sport to correct anything or to, to push yourself like I am to, to feel I'm worthy of, of, of my father's name. You're doing it just because you like it, because it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I feel like that's why a lot of people my age don't like it, though, because, I mean, most young people don't want to be uncomfortable. They don't want to be in pain. They don't want to, like, just feel that. They, you know, they would rather be comfortable in their house playing video games or something. But I enjoy that. I enjoy pushing myself physically and mentally and, you know. What is the human body capable of? <laughs> what have you learned about yourself in all of that discomfort and that hard work and discipline that's necessary to do these things? Um, that this is genuine, genuinely what I want to do. Like, one day if I could be like Courtney DeWalter, that would be the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> but I just would love to keep doing this for as long as I possibly can. And get comfortable being uncomfortable. You know, once a 50 mile distance gets easy, we'll do a hundred miler. Once that gets easy, do it faster, do more miles, you know, just keep pushing yourself and finding new limits. What did you find about yourself in the pain when the race is going bad and you have to push and you just, you can't give up and you have to see how hard you can go how how long you can go before you break. What did you learn about yourself in those situations? That there's always more to give. There was, I'll tell a little story from my first hundred miler, which this was before I knew how to train the greatest. So I had gone in with very, very, very little training. And I was 16. I was in so much pain. My feet were just destroyed because I hadn't done training I'd never gone that far so I was just destroyed and my mom was pacing me uh we were I had cried all night long because you know I was going into the second morning it was terrible I was in pain I was like never I'm never running another one never let me do this again and we were 93 miles in and I remember I just stopped in the middle of the trail and I just laid in the middle of the trail and I just bawled my eyes out because I was so physically broken that I could not take another step. After 93 miles, there's no aid stations around or anything. I'm just laying in the middle of the trail crying, and people are running past me. And I was just thinking, how are they still running? I literally cannot walk, and these people are running to the finish. And I knew, I'm like, I am so broken, but I have seven more miles. Like, I just knew quitting was not an option. So eventually I just sucked it up and I was like, this hurts so bad. I can't even move, but I just made myself move and I made myself walk another seven miles. It was the longest death march of my life, but that's like one of my favorite ultra running stories because that's when I learned at 16 that your mind is genuinely so powerful and it can overcome anything. If you really, really, really want to do something, you're going to do it, no matter what. <laughs> if you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That is, that's a great story. And it's, and it highlights a wonderful lesson of ultra running, right? Like you are capable of so much more than you, than you think you can. Your body can go so much farther than your brain thinks it can. I mean, you can do incredible things, but here's the deal. We live in a society right now that is all about comfort. It is all about being comfortable. It's all about taking care of yourself. It's all about easy. It's all about taking the easy path. And especially towards the younger generations, and I know I sound a thousand years old when I say that, but listen, I'm 45 years old, okay? Kaylee, I have kids older than you, so I, I feel like I can say that and, and have, that, and, and, and have that, that credibility to make that statement. You are living proof that there is something beyond comfort, you know? Yeah. And that you, you found strength in discomfort. But that's a message I don't know everybody in your generation wants to hear. How do your friends and how do your peers respond to your hobby? Um, well, all my friends are older. That's why. <laughs> um, in high school, I actually, when I was younger, like 10th, like ninth grade and under, I had some friends. But once I hit like 10th grade, I just really didn't fit in with anybody. I just didn't. I just had a completely different mentality. Um, to be honest, everyone was really immature and I didn't get along with them. I was bullied a lot and everything. So I just kind of did my own thing. Um, I mean, obviously I could interact with people and stuff, but I was just bullied a lot. So I kind of kept to myself and I found friends at the CrossFit gym that I go to and they're all older. They're all pretty much in their thirties. And Johnstown Running Club is a local running group and they're all my friends, you know? And so those people support me. Some of them are still like, you're crazy, but they support me, which I really appreciate. But people in my generation definitely just don't understand. And not even just the racing, they don't understand. They don't understand the work that goes into the racing. Like, I mean, a lot of people, not just young people, but most people outside the world of ultra running, the amount of time and effort and money that is put into this stuff they just don't understand any of that like sometimes the one time some people were joking around about it and I was just like please don't I've spent literally tens of thousands of dollars on running and I've put in so many hours of training and everything like it's just just something totally different that people just can't grasp Right, right, exactly, and it's uh, it's an interesting world, that's for sure. And something you talked about a minute ago about being bullied, right? Your and I say this in the nicest way because we all are. Everyone listening to this podcast falls in this category. You're an outcast. You are not the normal nineteen-year-old, and that's beautiful. It's wonderful, right? You're you. You're uniquely you. And we live in a society, especially youth are being bombarded with the message that it is cool to be cruel and it is not cool to be kind. Look what Twitter is. It's now called X. I refuse to call it X. You still have to go to twitter.com to go there. So until like you have to go to twitter.com to go on Twitter. So I'm going to still call it Twitter. That whole platform is designed as a presentation of being cruel is being cool. The ultra world, world of ultra marathon running, is an entirely different world. There are exceptions to this. We could do whole episodes on that. But for the overwhelming majority, it is a collection of misfits, right? It is people who don't belong in regular groups. People that, for whatever reason, are getting together with other people from all different walks of life and all different ideas and all different relationships and all different ideas. And they come together to form a community 
to push themselves. Was that kind of for you? Do you think that's what maybe brought you in and got you so excited about the community was the fact that here you are at school, you don't fit in. You are an old soul. You don't want to hang out and talk about boys and slumber parties and all that stuff you want to run and you really enjoy running. And all of a sudden, you're the weird runner girl. You're Kaylee Frederick, the weirdo who runs all the time. And, and you're, you're having to battle that. But then you find this group through CrossFitting and through running that's like, no, 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 you're wonderful. You're the outlier of this community because you're so much younger than the rest of us. But come bring your experience to this group. Yeah, honestly, yeah. It's the support from the ultra running community and just like the amount of support that they give me, even though I am young. Of course, I've gotten a lot of backlash for running while I'm young just because it's bad for my body and I'm not ready for it and all this stuff. I've gotten a lot of backlash and my mother's gotten a lot of backlash. But for the most part, it's just been overwhelming support because everyone is genuinely so nice. And that's what I really love about it. Like you could be in a hundred mile race running with someone or 50 mile race or whatever. And it's not like I'm going to beat you. It's let's both finish this. I don't care if I finish first or you finish first. I just want us both to get to the finish and us both be successful and us both get both get there, which I love so very much because everyone is so nice. And I always say all, all, all ultra runners have some form of childhood, childhood trauma, you know, some story to tell, some reason they're an outcast, some, something that happened to them that pushed them into doing this crazy, insane stuff. For you, was it the bullying or was there some, you just said it, that, that we, we all have childhood <laughs> trauma and I think that's 100% true. <laughs> oh girl, let's go down a road. This will be the longest podcast of your life. Uh, we could we could go down many roads for for me, but was that for you? Was it the bullying that that kind of created that trauma for you and 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 moved you into the ultra space and you found comfort there? Yeah, I mean, I've had a mix of a lot of stuff in my life. Um, mm. Yeah, my dad passed away when I was six years old, and then there was a whole bunch of stuff with my stepdad, but he's not in the picture anymore, so he's left too. And then my sister had a lot of trouble. She was in and out of hospitals for a really long time and treatment facilities and stuff, but she's great now. And she's my best friend. She's living on her own. She has a job. She's in college. She's doing very great. Very proud of her, but there was a whole bunch of stuff in life. And then the bullying's just the cherry on top. Yeah. Now we're an ultra runner. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it, no, it's, it's, it's great. And, and to be so young. And I think that and I, I won't push you any farther into that because it, you know, let's let's there's other things to, to tackle. But I think definitely you had to deal with a lot very young, and I think it explains kind of your idea and uh, your identity and and why you moved so close to ultra running and why it became something that was so welcoming to you because you know you nailed you hit the nail on the head. You sure did. I can yeah. imagine though that when you go to races. Like when you went to your first ultra marathon and here you are, you're 15 years old when you run your first ultra. I was 14, 14 years old at your first ultra. You probably got a couple of strange looks or some people like, are you lost? (laughs) Definitely people uh, talking to people. They're like, wait, you're how old? You're doing what again? Like, like, are you there? It was a 50K, and there was another start for like a 16 miler, and then there was a shorter race. So they were like, Are you sure you're supposed to be at the 50K? I'm like, Yeah, I'm sure I'm supposed to be here. Um, but that happened literally, it still happens today. I was at a race in October, and I was just chatting up this guy as we were running, and he was like, oh, is this your first 50 miler? And I was like, no, I've done a few. He was like, oh, how many? And I was like, I'm not sure how many 50 milers exactly, but this is my, I don't even remember. I was on like my 28th or something ultra. He was like, he looked at me, he does a double take. He goes, you look way too young to have run that much. And then as we started talking um, and like I introduced myself and stuff, he was like, wait, you're that Kaylee? Because he actually had heard of me. And I was like, yeah, I'm that one. But (laughs) 
Yeah, even even now that I'm 19, I still get people that look at me and they're like, you're way too young for this. I'm like, no, nah, I belong right here. You need to get a shirt that says, I belong here. Yes, I'm here for this race <laughs> or something yeah. along those lines. Like, this is not my first ultra. Exactly. I think when I was younger, people definitely doubted me because, and they just didn't trust that I could finish races because I was young and they thought I was inexperienced. And even now people think that I'm inexperienced because I'm young, but it's definitely less because a lot of people locally at least know who I am. So they're like, Oh yeah, she's good to go. She knows what she's doing. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about her. This is not yeah. her first ultra. She wants to be here. She knows exactly what she's signed up for. But yeah, you're yeah. tired of answering that question. You just get the look. You know exactly from the look that people are giving you. You're like Oh, here comes the, aren't you here for the 10 K? No, I'm here for the 50 miler. Exactly. <laughs> and there you are to this day, still, still, still running strong and, and having quite a bit, quite a bit of a lot of experience for your age. When did bad water come into the picture for you? So I'd heard about the race. A long time ago, back in the day. And I was like, oh, that's cool. But then I got really interested in it when my friend Keith Straw, who at the time had run it eight times, and he was like, I think you could be the youngest person to ever finish this race. Mm -hmm. And then I started looking to it and I was like, I think I could be the youngest person to ever finish this race. And then I just, I started following along all their events and keeping tabs on their Facebook. I was just made sure to follow everything really closely. And then I just knew who does the world's toughest foot race. Well, the world's toughest people. And I wanted to be on that list. So. <laughs> but the process is not st straightforward. It's not a, you qualify for this, you enter a lottery and you get in. There is an essay process. There is, there, they can say no. They do not mm -hmm. have to allow you in, and it's not cheap. Badwater is – people want to complain about, you know, 100-mile races charging you $500. That's a, that's a bargain compared to <laughs> Badwater. How did you – Very much. Yeah, exactly. You could have bought a car. You could have bought your first junky car for what it costs to run Badwater. Very much. I actually – Badwater costed more than my car did. <laughs> <laughs> See, point proven. Yeah. yeah. How did you convince the 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 organizers of Badwater to let you in? Yeah. So there's an application process. There's like a two week application period, and obviously you have to qualify and you have to answer the essay questions. And I know they get a whole bunch of applications, but they only let a hundred people in from around the world. So I knew that being one of 100 people from all around the world to be selected to run the race. I was like, this probably isn't going to happen, but I'm going to submit my application because who knows? Um, so I put so much effort into my application. I had my English teacher like proofread everything I wrote. And I told him, I said, because he proofread all my college essays and scholarship essays. I said, this is more important than any college essay we've written. Like, this is bad water. This is the most important thing. And I submitted my application, and it's like two or three weeks after that they announced the race field. And I swear that was the longest like three weeks of my life. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the questions last year were like, um, will they ask you about your racing experience and which qualifying standard you met? And then they ask other questions like, the one was what percent of people would consider you a good person because they want to know they just questions like that. Sometimes not even just about running because they want good people to run that race, not just people who are going to be jerks or whatever, you know, like, yeah, which I think is cool, but also very stressful to make sure you write something good. <laughs> <laughs> Your English teacher is probably accustomed to helping students write essays for college entrance and, and uh, scholarships. That was probably the first time they've ever had to help someone write an essay to get into Badwater. Yeah. He just looked at me like I was crazy. And I was like, 
Mr. Kusher, this is serious. Like, this is so important. We have to make sure it's good. I sat up at his desk and I watched him read it and we went through it together and I was like, this has to be perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Did you have to explain to him what the race was? Yeah, I did. And then also there were like word, like word limits and stuff. So I was like, we have this many words. I'm at this many. We need to make sure we stay under it, but it sounds good and professional. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. You turned that in. English teacher approves. They gave you some some advice. You're, you're good to go. You get word that you get into bad water. How'd you feel? Um, it was the greatest thing ever. I was actually on my way home from a race, just a little 10K, and I was driving home and I was listening to the Facebook Live video and Telma is the one that actually said my name. She was like, well, this one's really interesting. It was like rookie entrant, 18 year old. And before she even said my name, I just started screaming when she said 18 year old, because I was like, bro, that's me. And then when she said my name, I was just like, I'm in my car screaming because I was so happy. I'm like screaming and crying. And I was like, just thinking this is really going to happen. Like everything I've dreamed of, it's actually going to happen. And I called my boyfriend up and I'm like, I'm in the car screaming. And I was like, I got in, I got in. He was like, you got hit? Are you okay? And I was like, no, I got into the race. I got in. Yeah, it was it was great. <laughs> That's fantastic. And I would think too with your with your history in athletics, with your ultra running, with your CrossFit and all that stuff, the bar is pretty high for boyfriend. He's got to be able to hang or at least appreciate the ridiculous things you do in your spare time. Yeah, he's the greatest. He's not into running. We're getting him into running some. He just ran a 10K this weekend. I was proud. He's very into like powerlifting. So good for him. He's super strong, but he's the greatest. <laughs> Did you have to like explain to him when you started, you know, dating? Like, hey, listen, it's going to sound like I'm making this up, but this is what I really do in my spare time. <laughs> and I have this website you can check out to, to I can prove it. it's called Ultra Sign Up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I actually started dating him when I was 14. So he was there for me as I went from marathon to ultra marathon to 50 mile or 100 mile or so. He he still thinks I'm crazy, but he's very supportive. He's crewed for me in a couple of races and everything. So he's just watched it evolve as the years have gone by. That's very cool. That's very He appreciates your your <laughs> your your strange hobby in a way that most boys his age would not, which is pretty darn cool. Very much so. <laughs> the one thing when you get into bad water, something fell off the desk, everybody. That's what yeah, happens. Yeah, sorry. Okay. Yeah, I have my binder. That's okay. Professional <laughs> podcast, edit that out. I'm leaving that bad boy in. Uh, <laughs> so when you get into bad water, Kaylee, you got to figure out who to put in your crew. That means, you know, most adult ultra runners are like, they got plenty of people who they can, they can call on to do this. You were a kid when you got into bad water. You can't really have your, your peers be a part of this. So you, did you have to turn to your ultra running friends that are much older than you to get a crew together for bad water? Yeah. So my mom, obviously, she was my crew chief. And then we reached out to Johnstown Running Club for anyone who was interested in crewing and two people locally, uh, Fran Brown and Andrew Boyd, they were like, heck yeah, I want to do that. So we took them along. And then John Radich, who had run, he's run the race 14 times. Um, he offered to be on my crew. There's like a Facebook official enthusiast Badwater page where people are like, Oh, I want a crew. Can I be on someone's crew? And I saw he had run the race 14 times and I was like, yeah, I want him on my crew because he's so experienced. So we got him, thankfully, because who knows the course better than someone who's done it 14 times. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, where do you live? Where do you call home at, uh, Kaylee? Johnstown, Pennsylvania. Okay. So you do not have the heat in Pennsylvania that you experience at Badwater. How did you train to get ready for Badwater? I did a lot of sauna training, 
And I would just run outside with a lot of layers. People probably thought I was crazy running around in like a winter coat in June, but they can think what they want, you know? <laughs> I think we're past that. I think you're, I think you're known as the crazy runner gal in your community, the crazy runner kid. So I'm sure they didn't bat an eye seeing you run out in a yeah. winter coat, a Patagonia yeah. in June. <laughs> and they're like, oh, there she goes. <laughs> <laughs> You get to the race though. You've done your training. You've got your crew together. Was the weight of being the youngest person to potentially finish Badwater? Was that a was that something you were carrying with you, or is that something you didn't even think about during the race? Um, I definitely thought about it. It was I was definitely nervous because I was like, everyone is watching me because I had so much, especially like local support from back home. The Johnstown community completely came together and they were just supporting me so much. Like I knew everyone was watching me and I knew Chris Cross, Chris Cosman had taken a big risk on me of letting this 18 year old girl who he didn't really know much about other than my bad water application into this race, like taking this huge risk on me. I was like, I can't let him down. I can't let my community down. I just can't let myself down all the other teenagers who might want to be ultra runners can't let them down. So I definitely was nervous, but at the same time I was like, I can do this. This is the biggest opportunity and I just have to take advantage of it and enjoy it. Did you have any feelings about like, did they pick me because it's a gimmick because they wanted to make headlines with the youngest uh, person ever? Do I belong here? Did you have any thoughts like that? Um, not necessarily do I belong here, but, uh, definitely, um, did they just pick me so I could be the youngest person to ever finish it, which I mean, if I made headlines, hopefully I helped the race get pub- publicity at least. <laughs> um, I love bad water. So I think everyone should run it at some point if they want to. <laughs> okay. Well, um, what is it about bad water that, that makes you make that recommendation? Cause I think about running through the desert and I'm like, that sounds horrible. It's just the experience and the people out there. It's not just like your regular race where you have aid stations and stuff. Like you have your crew driving every couple miles to make sure you're okay. And so you see a hundred other people's crews out there and all these other people's crews will be cheering for you. And if you would need something, they would give you something and just the support, like there's the ultra running family and there's even like a little bad water family in the ultra running family. It's just a whole different experience out there. And they probably knew they were well aware that you were, you were Kaylee Frederick, the kid. <laughs> yeah. Everyone was like talking to me and stuff. And I was like, Hey guys. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> um, what was really, really cool actually was when I got to like packet pickup, I was we were in the little elementary school multi-purpose room or whatever. And I was waiting my turn to meet Ashley Paulson. Cause you know, who wouldn't want to meet Ashley Paulson. And then she actually walked up to me and was like, Oh my gosh, you're the 18 year old. And I was like, Oh my gosh, you're famous. And you knew who I was. <laughs> so that was, that was pretty cool that she That's actually awesome. knew who I was. That's awesome. You're like, I want to go, I want to go see Ashley Paulson. And she's like, I want to meet Kaylee Frederick. Yeah, it was really, really cool. That's awesome. The race, was it everything you expected and then some, or were you surprised by, by how difficult it was? It was absolutely everything I could have asked for and more. Uh, I knew it was going to be difficult and I knew it was going to be challenging, but I also knew that's what I wanted because that was my dream. So even whenever it got difficult and when my feet hurt and I was tired and when I was hot, I just had to think, this is what I want in my life. Like, this is my dream. And all the highs and all the lows come with that territory. So I just kept thinking, like, this is my dream. Every single painful point, every single great happy point where I'm thriving, all of it. So I was just so thankful the entire race. Like, it was just amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely amazing. And then to cross the finish line, it's no longer a question, right? It's no longer Kaylee Frederick could be the youngest Badwater finisher. Could be, could be, could be. 
that finish line is in front of you, you are now going to be the youngest finisher of Badwater ever. How did that feel? It was amazing. I remember getting to Lone Pine, which is 13 miles from the finish. And I had so much time like left to do 13 miles. I knew that literally no matter what, like I could break my leg and I would have time to crawl to the finish. And I would have like, so getting to Lone Pine was just amazing. I was like, I know this is going to happen no matter what now. And then there's a checkpoint 3.6 miles from the finish where they like a bad water checkpoint where the staff is there and everything. And when I got to there, I was just like, this is for real. I have a 5k left and then I'm done. And it was just the most amazing thing. My crew actually, the last like four miles, they split up the pacing. So they each did a mile with me at the end. So it was really nice to just get to share the end with them. I just kept looking where I was at. You could see for miles over all the mountain ranges across how far you'd come and I just kept saying over and over, God is so good, because that's literally all I could think about is God is so good. And I, I'm, I'm here. I got to the finish. And then I remember going around the last turn and I saw my whole crew there to pick me up, to run me into the front finish. And I was like, they're standing right there. We're about to literally run into the finish. And when everyone was there, it was just the most surreal experience. I could have never asked for it to been any better because it was, it was the greatest thing ever. <laughs> yeah. You cross the finish line. A dream has been achieved, right? Absolutely. <laughs> was that the highlight of 2023 for you? A hundred thousand percent. It was like one of the highlights of my life. <laughs> yeah how do you you weren't even done racing for the year you had so many other races you had to do at that point after after the success and the highs of, of Badwater yeah the eastern stage right after Badwater was definitely rough it was that's one of the hardest races I've ever done but you know makes it worth it, it makes it more fun when you finish <laughs> looking back at your 2023 Kaylee a lot of ultras a lot of successes. You set a course record at one of the races that you did. You became the youngest Badwater finisher ever. What were the things you learned about yourself in 2023? Anything is possible. I knew that before whenever I was younger, but I just proved it to myself and that there literally is no limit. And not even just for me, but from seeing other ultra runners performances this year like Harvey Lewis at his backyard and Courtney DeWalter with her triple wins at three of the biggest races in the world like we are capable of so much and there really isn't a limit so you just have to keep going and keep breaking boundaries no matter what people say what are you gonna do in 2024 you had a big 2023 how do you stop it um, well, 2024, I am planning on racing less because 2023, I was racing pretty much every weekend or every other weekend. And it's a lot. <laughs> and I don't want to burn out from racing because I love the sport so much. So I'm racing less, but I'm training a lot more and I'm getting my training like a lot better. So hopefully at the races that I am at, I can perform better because I'm like, I'm not just the young girl anymore. I actually have to do good now. <laughs> Um, but I, I put in my application for bad water. So I'll know in February if I got back in and then I'm thinking I might also closer to the end of the year, probably in like October ish, try and go for a hard 24 hour attempt and possibly qualify for the 24 hour national team, because I think it would be cool to qualify for a national team as a teenager. Even if I don't make the team, if I can qualify, that would be cool. Yeah, absolutely. It would be fantastic. What a story to tell, too, if you could be a part of that. That would be pretty cool. When I was a little you... child. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was just going to say, when I was a kid, I always was like, I'm going to be in the Olympics. So it's the Olympics of ultra running. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That would fulfill that dream for sure. You could be a part of Team USA. 
Yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> How do you balance ultra training at the level that you're doing with being a college student? Because college is not easy. High school prepares you somewhat for college, but college can be a rude awakening for a lot of people. How do you balance college and learning all of the new stuff and the schedule and all that with ultra training? It's definitely not easy. (laughs) Um, I get up at like either 4.30 or 5 o'clock every morning, depending on how long my run is or if I'm going to the gym. So I always either run or go to the gym before classes. I go to classes, depending on which day it is and how long my break is between classes, I'll either go to the gym or run between classes. And then after classes, I'll go to work and then run or go to the gym, whichever I didn't do earlier. And then I'll get home and do all my homework. And then sometimes I go to bed super late because I have to do all my homework and stuff. And then I'm back up the next morning just because I know that with big dreams, it requires a lot of hard work. So, And a lot of dedication. And honestly, if you can do, alt- if you can do bad water and various other ultra marathons, maybe college is pretty simple. Maybe you're like, this is easy compared to what I've already done. This is super easy. Yeah. Well, you know, I like to take everything to the extreme. So I'm getting a double major and a minor because why make it easy on yourself? You know, (laughs) (laughs) why not? Why Why not? (laughs) (laughs) Why not? Kaylee, you are an exceptional young person and an incredible human being and a unique wonderful uh person who has so much to offer not only your 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 peers and your your generation but of course our community as well saying all that you are not the typical 19 year old you are not what is the most typical 19 year old thing about you iced coffee i love my iced coffee <laughs> when you get iced coffee, do you put a lot of sugar and whatnot in it? Are you a, I'm going to put a lot of junk in this? Yeah, which I'm currently on a coffee. I can't have coffee for 60 days as part of like a New Year's gym challenge because I do put a lot of sugar in it. So (laughs) currently not drinking any. (laughs) Kaylee, I think that challenge is for people that don't exercise and are trying to lose weight. I, I have a feeling you burn off the sugar in that iced coffee on a daily basis. Probably, but we still want to be healthy, you know, <laughs> as healthy as we can be. <laughs> Kaylee, this has been a lot of fun. Thanks for taking some time out of your very, very busy schedule of ultra training and also studying for a double major and a minor. I appreciate you taking the time to come on. Thank you so much for talking to me. I really loved it. I love talking about running. So 